It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. Today's March 1st, 2017. This is Kamada over my people. I'm here with Brother Lynn and Brother EK. Today's topic, a just punishment under a wicked enemy. It's kind of a, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but an oxymoron, if you would. How can there be a just punishment under a wicked enemy. Brother Lynn, floor is yours. Salam, brother. A just punishment, a just punishment under a wicked enemy. Well I think the I think the first thing that we have to recognize is that when dealing in matters of law Particularly, particularly in natural law, the throne is established by righteousness. And we, at one point, at several points in our history, were actually operating under our own jurisdiction, in our own land. And the way that we maintained that was that we were in compliance with that, with that covenant. You know, we we were not, um, you know, in breach. And every time we went into breach, uh, we were removed from uh, the seat of rulership. And the scriptures actually, uh, it's recorded in the scriptures where the Most High actually took kings from the lot of the heathen and used them as a rod against Israel. It's like, I, I can't remember, you know, the exact uh, scripture I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, the thing is, is when you're operating of your own free will and you choose to uh, transgress the law, statutes, and commandments of, of the Most High, and you will not self-correct Nature in its infinite intelligence has a means by which correction will be thrust upon you. And generally speaking, when you do it, it's going to be much more preferable versus someone or some something outside of you uh, doing that. I, I know I've heard you uh, say a, a couple times, uh, dear brother, that uh, the will of the Most High is carried out through uh, people and through uh, natural phenomena, and so uh, you know to summarize it, we have to understand that being placed into these uh, these positions and these statuses to be subservient to, you know, I would say those that are outside of us, 
for them to actually rise to uh, to that that uh, particular uh, place or particular point, you know, we got to understand that um, you know there had to be some righteousness that they were practicing, you know, because because again, the, the throne is established uh, by righteousness. So basically, even now we got to understand that they they haven't always been wicked. You know, just like we haven't always been righteous, you know, and the thing is, is, uh, you know, there there has to be a, a, a fundamental acceptance of the fact that because we fell, you know, of our own hand, you know, we had a particular body of people uh, placed in uh, conservatorship over us. And even though they've gotten away from from the things that have a, uh, allowed them to be able to uh, maintain this this seat of rulership, um, you know, it's still it, it it's still a, a, I think a a measuring stick for us to to really gauge where we are and how we conduct our affairs, you know, because at, at the end of the day. You know they they understand how to conduct government. They understand how to conduct business. You know we're st- we're still scrambling around. You know trying to figure out simple things how like how to organize ourselves. Um, you know these people are are you know actually conducting government. So I'll uh, I'll yield on that, brother. Excellent point, brother. Brother Ek, can it be? Is it so? that we were placed under this beast and suffered the way we have, could that be a just punishment under a wicked enemy, or is that just not the case? Shalom, yes, sir. Thank you for that. Um, It is a just punishment because, you know, when one consciously goes against the laws of the Most High, in nature, in natural law in of itself, automatically you're already at a disadvantage with nature itself because now you're going to be experiencing the downside of what nature has to offer. And so it is a just punishment because, you know, it's almost like we're in a foster home on this land and we have foster parents that are taking over us. And typically foster parents don't have to treat us necessarily right. They don't have to. So it's in our best interest to recognize, okay, how did I end up in this condition? And I don't like my foster parents, how they're treating me right now. What is my exit strategy? How can I get out of this condition that I'm dealing with? I don't like it. I don't like being burned at the stake, being whipped. I don't like being shot at. I don't like mistreatment, discrimination, whatever the case is. How do I find that exit strategy? But when we don't recognize that our fault is really what led us to this, the only source of healing and coming to a a, a logical conclusion as to how to really make things right again, we have to first look at ourselves and, okay, trace back a trajectory of how we got to this point. We just didn't end up here overnight. This took a natural progression. It took a progression over time in order for us to see what we're dealing with right now. So we can't necessarily look 
at our enemy as somebody that's not doing what they're supposed to do because they're doing what they're supposed to do your enemy for a reason. They're wicked for a particular reason to reprove you. The Most High made good and evil. He made light and he made darkness. He says that. So when you get out of line with the next, with, with the Most High, he's going to use his wicked side in the form of wicked enemies against you. So everyone has their position. Everyone's playing their position. It's just a matter of who's going to slip up. And we happen to have slipped up. And because we slipped up, we got the wrath of the Most High. We got that judgment executed on us wickedly. So now, over the course of history, we wake up one day and say, wow, like, my, my condition is decrepit. Like, why do I, why am I experiencing hell right now? And then we don't make the connection that, whoa, our forefathers may have not necessarily done what it was in the covenant. They breached the contract. They breached the oath. They breached their allegiance to the Most High. So they didn't even take into consideration as to how if they were to continue doing what the Most High wanted them to do, we wouldn't have to have this for our generations that come after. So that's what we're dealing with. We're the result of that. And so if we look at it from an emotional point of view and say, man, like these people are wicked. Yeah, they are wicked. They're rightfully so wicked. They're supposed to be wicked. They're supposed to wake us up to say, wait a minute, I can't do that. I can't deal with this anymore. Do I want to stay in a relationship that is abusive or do I want to get out of it for my own safety? So because the comfort is there, we as a people still gravitate towards that comfortability. For example, like, we don't have to worry about the construction on the roads. We go to and fro as we please. The sidewalk we stand on, we go to and fro as we please. So that comfort is there. But when it comes down to it, do you really like how you're being treated on the universal, on the global scale, on the national scale? And I think the answer is no. So regardless of the comfort that exists, it's better to go build something from scratch, use a template that already exists within these scriptures, these the law, statutes, and commandments, and then build something that will allow you to be appreciative so next time you'll think twice about disobeying the most high. Because nature has an intelligence like Brother Lynn had just mentioned has a natural intelligence to discern who is going against the law of the nature. And particularly our people did that for centuries. So now a nation of fierce continents, you're not, gonna, not supposed to like them. You're not supposed to like the doctrine that it's coming with. So all the curses, all the misinformation, the miseducation, the uh, deception, the deceit, the lies, all of that is part of the wicked punishment. And it's part of that clause in the contract of the Most High that says, if you do this, these curses shall overtake you. And so the fact that our people don't really see that is why we feel like this punishment is not just. But in reality, it is very, very just in the eyes of the Most High. With that idea. Praise the Lord. But could that be? You guys are just making an excuse for the devil. He's the devil. That's why we're under him, because he enslaved us. It's got nothing to do with none of that other stuff. Achlin, what do you have to say to that? Thank you for that, brother. <clears throat> I think at this point, you know, we, we have to sort of level set, and we have to dispense with fantasies and fairy tales and uh, pleadings 
from uh, from the backbiter and the blame shifter because the white man is not the devil. You know, the, the, we're taught in the nation that devil means doer of evil. And it's recorded that we had doers of evil amongst our people well before the white man uh, stepped on the scene. See, the, the, the real issue that we're dealing with, I think, is, and, and I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to use this terminology, but we're really dealing with uh, a deficiency in human nature where there's just a, a, a natural resistance against taking responsibility for one's actions uh, for, for, you know, various reasons. Um, we're, we're in a mind state, most people are in a mind state, most people are in a paradigm where they seek to apply uh, blame and judgment to everyone except themselves, you know, and that's one of the, you know, one of the real uh, illuminating truths that you come to once you start studying these scriptures and, it, and they actually sink in for real. You recognize that, you know, the scriptures are not for you to, to uh, get out here and use it as a, a mace to beat your brothers over the head with. It's really for you to come to a place to where you can actually apply uh, those scriptures uh, in your own life you know, that actually uh, affects your life circumstance uh, for the positive. And as I said yesterday, you know, uh, when you give something outside of yourself that kind of dominion in your life, meaning that you, you're, you're a victim, you take the perspective of being a victim, you give that external entity all of the power over your condition. It's only when you say, you know what, I got myself into this situation, I got to get myself out. And that actually brings me to, and I'm not going to belabor this, but I, I just got to bring this up because it's, it's actually relevant. Um, I have a I have an uncle that's in his mid-80s. Um, he's a patriarch, very uh, uh, dear uh, member of my, my family on my paternal side, and about a year ago, I uh, visited him, visited with him, and I was sharing, uh, you know, some some of the things that, uh, you know, I've discovered and I've been instructed on uh, regarding um, who and what we are by uh, by nationality, and what, you know, the Bible, you know, is really uh, is, is really trying to convey to us, uh, specifically being uh, the children of Israel. Now, you know, he's in his 80s. He's been um, a deacon in a Baptist church, Baptist church I grew up in for, I would say, the better part of 50 years. And in sharing with him uh, some of these uh, things uh, from a, you know, from a perspective of uh, history and law, you know, the piece that you never really get when you're in the church, you know, he uh, he just was reading through the material and just uh, shaking his head. <laughs> And it was in complete agreement. And he, he said something to me that, um, that I've, I've never been able to put out of my mind. And, you know, I, I, what he said made me recognize that not only is it a lack of self-discipline with our people, 
there's there's a lack of um, maturity in our people. And what he said to me was, he's like, you know, Lynn, you know, we we got to realize that nobody's coming to save us. Hmm. He said, we we have to come to a place to where we acknowledge that we did something to get into this condition and we got to do something to get out of it. Now, again, this guy's pushing 90 years old, you know, mm. and um, so so to say that, you know, this is something that, you know, may be like uh, impaired or hindered because there's a generational gap. No, there, there there's no generational gap. There, there, there's a gap in, again, not wanting to be responsible and not wanting to grow up. The doer of evil is us. We're the devils because we're the ones that transgressed. And instead of acknowledging that, we want to war and, and have contempt for the rod of the Most High in the form of these foreigners. And the thing is, is that, you know, again, just as um, just as my brothers have stated, uh, you got to get to a place to where you hate this treatment so much until you will do anything to get away from it, to get out of it. And when I say anything, I mean, you know, from a righteous standpoint, because at the end of the day, Israel was created, you know, as, as a as the bride of the Most High. So you're either going to serve the Most High or you're going to continue to serve this beef. I yield. Praise the Lord, Brother E.K. What do you say to that? Shalom, Richard. Thank you for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we have to have accountability for our actions. And it's like, like the brother stated, you know, we have a natural propensity to go against that. We naturally resist that because now you're forced to check your ego, and it's really your ego thing. And it's almost like you have your higher self, you have your ego, and whichever spirit you want to cleave to is typically the spirit you're going to serve. So if you want to serve the most high and you want your spirit to gravitate towards that, you'll be more inclined to listen to your higher self, but with the ego, those sweet words, Nah, you don't got to do that. You don't got to follow the most high laws. Things are done with, man. That's like 10,000, 20,000 years ago. Come on, man. This is 2017. You don't got to do that. It's the ego. It's the sweet language. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. So then now you got to deal with all the repercussions that come with that. Then you start to say, man, this ain't fair. Like, how come you got to do that to me? Like, why do I got to, why, why, why am I dealing with this negativity for? Again, you wanted to take the shortcut. So the ego will make you take the shortcut because Satan doesn't come just with flashing lights and all these different things. It comes in many, many different forms to deceive you. So it's like if you're not conscious enough of where you are in your spirituality and what you're trying to really accomplish, it's going to be that much easier to be overtaken by a lot of deceit and deception and think that it's justifiably so that what you're doing is right. And then when you start things, when things start working against you, you start to question that if the Most High really exists 
or if the Most High is really, really rich. And it's like you got to really look at yourself. You really got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, like, if I'm doing something wrong, if I don't like my condition, I got to do something about it. There's no one, there's no other way to go about it. But the only way is you got to humble yourself. And too many times we think that we got to figure it out, and that in of itself breeds hardiness and arrogance. And then that allows you to not really have a solid state of mind to really deal with the reality of why you're in a negative condition in the first place. So when we really look at ourselves closely with honesty, with truth, and with love, then we can really start to see, okay, like, it's not so bad after all. I can do this work. I can serve the most high properly. You know, and so it's like it's it's not really difficult. Like, we're only as difficult as we allow ourselves to be. And if we're really trying to really make things right or right our wrongs, so to speak, of our forefathers, it's really not difficult at all. It really isn't. It just takes a lot of patience and discipline and focus to really look at yourself and say, like, yes, I'm going to be consistent about what I'm doing. So if if you really want to make that change, turn that new leap, it's really, really easy. And, yes, we're going to struggle. We're supposed to struggle. We're supposed to purge that wickedness out of us, like our dear brother the priest would say, often say, supposed to purge all of that out of us so we can really see, like, man, like, look at all this filth that was within me. Now that it's gone, now I can turn my new leaf. Now I can have a new circumcision of my heart to really do this work properly. And so it becomes really, really easy once we start to really be sincere in our transformation. And so with that, I'll you. Very insightful, brother. You are just making the excuse. You just, you Uncle Tom's, because the white man is the damn devil. So there is no justification for this enslavement we're in. Michael, in the floor is yours. Yeah, Uncle Tom. <laughs> I guess the I guess the most times on Uncle Tom as well, huh? <laughs> Again, you had recorded terms and conditions that would have brought about a life circumstance that could be aptly described as a pure heaven on earth. And the consequence of our people not um, heeding that and staying in honor, you know, with regard to uh, that agreement, you got the exact opposite of that. You know, you uh, you're, you're you're not in a position uh, to defend yourselves. Uh, it's one. There's one uh, one scripture in Deuteronomy uh, 28 where it talks about um, it talks about seven of you will send seventy to flight, <laughs> and it's like now the the reverse of that is what our people experience. You know, anytime you know the brothers are hanging on the corner, uh, the squad car pulls up, and <laughs> generally speaking, depending on what uh, particular uh, community you're in in this nation. You know, they, they put you to flight, you know. And so, you know, we, we, we got to understand that 
it's not about you know, how how they say you know it's not about uh you know the messenger um it's the message you you, you got to understand that the one that is actually carrying out and executing the judgment that is not who you have the issue with you should have an issue with the one that actually sent the executioner. That that's who you should have an issue with. So it's not so much that you know we're we're Uncle Tom's and you know we're you know not seeing uh, this situation you know as it is. You got to get out of your emotions, get out of your feelings, and actually recognize. What is occurring to you? You're a bond servant under under the status and jurisdiction of a, a body of people that actually know how to conduct themselves in matters of government, law, and commerce. Now, I know you know people want to speak in absolutes and say, "Well, um, you know these individuals are wicked." I mean, that's just like saying all so-called black people are wicked. All so-called black people are not wicked. There, there are many. Believe it or not, there are many of you know these so-called Edomites, you know these these white folks that actually want to see us get it together. And I know that may sound crazy, because we've gone into, I mean, pure madness, thinking that the entire planet is against us because of our color and things of that nature. And they're not against you because of your color. They're against you because you don't know how to act. You don't know how to conduct yourself. And the thing is, is that deep down, I mean, brother, deep down, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. The reason why our people don't get taken seriously, generally, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm general, I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm just saying as an actual stereotype. The reason why our people don't get taken seriously, because you can't believe nothing that comes out of our mouth. And the reason why you take that white man seriously, because you know, he, if he tell you something, he's going to do exactly what he say. <laughs> he telling you he's going to indict you, he's going to indict you. If he, tell, if, if he tells you, hey, you know, you need to, uh, you know, do this plea. If you don't take this plea, I'm sending you, up the, um, I'm, I'm sending you to the box for 30 years. You know he's going to do it. That's why you take the plea. Word is bond. Again, just like, you know, the brother E.K. said, my brother, um, there is a natural, to, to all of your commerce and all of, uh, all of your conduct, there is a natural law underpinning and mechanism that registers everything that you do. Word is bond. And as wicked as you want to paint these individuals, generally speaking, Not absolutely, but generally speaking, they do what they say they're going to do. And then the other point, um, and I'll, I'll say this and I'll, I'll end, you, you, you have to also comprehend that there is a disparity of communication mechanism between our people and those that are outside of us. 
because you can't even begin to fathom why this situation is actually just if you're not looking at it from the standpoint of the language of law. If you don't comprehend law, you're not going to see it. You're going to stay in your emotions because, you know, you're, you're, you interact with your world through common language and through slang. You know, common language is for common people. You, you, you have to raise your level of awareness by raising your comprehension to become, over time, more and more fluent with the language that, that is actually uh, governing this planet. And it ain't street language. It ain't common language. It's not this language that, you know, we pump into our heads with, um, you know, our music and things of that nature, the, the media that we, we try to consume. If you want to begin to understand your plight uh, as an individual and our plight uh, as a nation, as a body of people, we have to, to, to seek we, we have to seek to improve our ability to be able to communicate from a standpoint of um, law. Once you get that, once you once that uh, you start improving that area, your perspectives on your reality it, it's going to change. Oh, yeah, brother. I mean to that, brother. We got about five minutes left, brother Ek. Floor is yours. Come on, brother. Thank you for that. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, it was actually in the news, I believe this was uh, 2016, sometime in 2016 in Milwaukee, where a young little black girl was shot in the head while sitting on her father's lap. And there was an interview by the police chief of Milwaukee, and um, there was some notion where he was uh, on his phone while at the scene. And there were some people there, as far as our people, black people there, trying to give him some grief about being on his phone while not attending to the scene. And so while he was giving his press conference in front of the media, he said a lot of very, very important things. And I'm just going to paraphrase what he said. He mentioned that 80% of the homicide victims are African-Americans. 80% of the um, so-called drive-by shootings and uh, homicides, whatever you call it, 80% African-American. So he's pointing out statistics as to how, like, how there's high-capacity firearms in the hands of our people. How is high-capacity firearms ending up in the hands of our people? To the point where it will shoot a young girl's head. And so he mentioned how, like, we're the ones that have to go to the scene, do the detective work, call out the witnesses, find out who saw it, and a lot of them are going to say they didn't see anything, and we have to deal with the burden of trying to solve a case where no one is with the public ain't even trying to help us out. On the auspice of saying, yeah, the police department, they're wicked, man. You know, we can't trust them. But yet, they got to take you on that ambulance, to that medical center, 
to put you in that ER to try to see if they can revive a life out of you, whether it was a gunshot wound or a stab wound, and they have to deal with your behavior in the midst of all of that, saying that you're saying that we're wicked and all this stuff. I mean, think of how they would feel for just one second. Yes, our government has wicked tendencies, but in this particular instance of life, like Brother Liz said, they really want us to grow up and get our act together. They don't, they don't want to always have to deal with the fact that the majority of, our, of the homicides are occurring in our own neighborhood, in our own inner cities. They almost have to, like, dang, like, again? It's like, okay, today's, today's Tuesday. Something happens again? This is how they're thinking. Again? They're still, they're still killing each other? So it doesn't make no difference if the cop is doing it to us, if we're doing it to ourselves. And I know as extreme as that may sound, but if you look at it in reality, how are we really going to really say to ourselves, like, they're wicked, but yet we're the ones that is perpetrating the wickedness amongst our own. So rightfully so, they deserve to do what they're doing. So if you don't like that, stop doing it to each other first because everything begins in the home, our own community our own self-correction, our own self-respect, self-discipline. That's the only way you'll be able to get out of this detective condition and stop blaming other entities that are outside of you. Because like Brother Lynn said, no one is after our color of our skin. No one's after our color of our skin. Everyone's after our conduct to keep reproving us through the most high. It's reproving us through these people and these situations. So if we're not going to take heed to these messages and these signs, that are occurring before us, we're going to keep being statistics, and there's nothing under the sun that we can do about it with all those different things if we're going to keep tooting our horns and saying, yeah, white man's a devil, white man's a devil, when in reality the solution is right in front of you, no scriptures, if you look at it from a lawful perspective, government perspective, commercial perspective. But if we kill this idolatry, we have a promise to, to, our, to our prosperity. So I'll yield on that. Well, what do you, the listener, think about such a topic? Is it possible that there's a just punishment brought about on you and I by a wicked enemy? Or is it just a figment of our imagination? Are we saying things that you would look at and say, oh, that's some Uncle Tom's speech? Or can you really blame somebody else for what God Almighty has done to us? Think about it. Thank you all for being here. Peace and blessings. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.